0: Suns and Thunder tonight from Footprint Center. First time we'll see Kevin Durant on that floor as a player. We've seen him in three road games. The results have been positive so far. Here oh, yeah. to talk about it with us, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Brian, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Yeah, uh, we, we've talked so much about the positive results and what we've seen, the, the ease in which Kevin Durant has kind of blended in with the Suns. I mean, what have your takeaways been from the first three games of Durant in the Suns uniform?
1: I mean, the thing about Durant that he is such a terrific, you know, fit in type player. He can do so many things. And the style that he plays makes the transition of bringing him in smooth. And it's been smooth everywhere he's gone. And he's returned from injuries throughout his career. And he's hit the ground running like every time. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the Kevin Durant that he's always been. And, um, you know, I was in Dallas on Sunday and um, got to sit, you know, in the second row and really got to watch the two of them interact on the court during the game. And there's really, so especially the two of them, him and Booker um, is a really a spirit between the two of them. That is unmistakable. I mean, I saw it when I was uh, here for their first practices. I saw it last week in Charlotte. There's a, there's a very, a strong connection between the two of them dedicated to making it work. And that's really important. The rest of what you want to talk about with the Suns are ancillary issues. What you really need is the two of them to be invested in each other's success, and that is plain as day. And they'll probably have a rough moment or two as they learn each other. Um, You know, there was a play at the end of the Dallas game where Durant was in position for post-up. Um, I don't remember who was on each player, but um, he, uh, Devin looked to him uh, and Kevin pointed go. And that was the play where Devin drove, missed the layup, and ate and had the putback. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and on that play, in all honesty, probably the ball should have gone to Durant. But the fact that he wanted Devin to take it and that they were communicating like that um, is, is, you know, is very good. And, you know, I believe that the Suns, as the time goes on, will learn – to rely on Durant even more. Um, So I I think it's it's just, it's such a better fit for Kevin's sensibility and Kevin's game to be here with this team, with this makeup than it was in Brooklyn. And, you know, over the long haul, That'll have to get verified but I, I it just it just feels like so much more natural
2: and it's such a great point you're making about Devin Booker and, and and their synergy if you will and and I think you and I noticed the exact same thing after his debut on the road with the Suns and I'm talking about KD now and that was just just the real happiness that seemed to be coming off of him after that game uh, it was it was striking to me what level and how important is that element in all of this moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's having fun right now, and I wasn't really around the Nets this year. I was around them a lot last year, so I don't want to make assumptions about how things were going in Brooklyn. But from the outside, it didn't look like it was always a whole lot of fun. Now, when they won 18 out of 20, I don't care what personalities exist. When you win 18 out of 20 games, you're you're going to feel pretty good about things. I don't want to compare that, but one of the, what I've what I've noticed is that how much fun that Kevin is having, and he's talked about it. Um, You know, there was a a sequence, you know, early in that Dallas game, Dallas was really struggling to contain what the Suns were doing. The Suns were basically making two passes and getting a wide-open shot every single time. Um, They were playing seven seconds or less without trying to play fast because they were ripping the Dallas defense at the seams. And there was one play in the first quarter where uh, Booker, Durant, and Chris all touched the ball. The ball barely hit the floor, and it resulted in sort of a duck-in dunk or maybe it was a layup for Aiton. And the and Jason Kidd was like, oh, no, this is no good, and called timeout. <laughs> and when Kevin was coming back over to the bench, he was you know talking to his teammates like, that's how we play basketball. That's basketball. And I know this is sort of a basic thing to say, but you could tell that he was kind of floating on air uh, playing that way. I actually think one of the transitions that – they're going to have to make, and they really don't have any worries offensively. But you know, Devin is used to dribbling a little bit. Chris is used to dribbling a little bit. You know, they need to do less dribbling and more passing, because they're they are going to break every defense out there if they want. Um, and they're just not used to it. They're they're not used to it being that easy and they're having options mm-hmm. that exist. So I actually think that's one of the things that you're going to see is um, you know Devin not having to work as hard and learning to not have to work as hard.
0: Brian Windhorst from ESPN, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. What you just described—that Dallas scenario, Brian—I'm wondering if, if if your viewpoint is that was a result of Dallas struggling to find its identity on defense after their trade. They they traded some some key defensive players, and that's not exactly their strong suit. And do you think that ultimately becomes maybe the formula to try to beat the Suns? Don't defend them; just try to outscore them.
1: Well, the Suns are a pretty good defensive team. I think the formula that you're going to see is what happened in the second half of that game. Because what happened was Dallas decided that they were going to try to take away uh, Aiton in that game. So what they would do is whenever there was a pick and roll, which is, you know, primary factor of most offenses, um, they collapsed to the middle to, to to try to shut off the drive and try to shut off Aiton's pick and rolls. And so basically what they were doing, and they were also totally doubling off of Chris Paul, like whoever, you know, whether it was Booker or Durant, if Chris was in the game, or poor Payne, by the way, but uh-huh. it was really evident when Chris was in the game. They just doubled off of him. They they brought a se- they brought a second man over to to double. And typically that was on the uh they were on the weak side. So they just basically forced the ball to to Payne, to CP three and whoever the the, the the foreman was, whether it was Okoji, uh Tory Craig or Ish Wainwright. right. And you could see Okoji and, and Torrey Craig were getting wide-open shots, at 1 of 12 on threes. Now, Josh Okoji is not going to miss eight threes that badly. He's not going to miss that many corner wide-open shots. But there are going to be games. Yeah. He's not Ray Allen. He's <laughs> right. not Mikael Bridges. Right Mikhail Bridges is one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league. So, it, it you know, and, and Dayton got his scoring cut off because they played that way. So that's the way the teams are going to play. They are going to force the ball to the backside – and they're going to invite the ball into that corner, who's ever there, and they're, going to, and they're going to challenge Chris Paul. And look, Chris is having a bad shooting season. He's having his worst scoring season of his career, and he's having one of his worst shooting seasons. But what he's now going to be asked to do is going to be different than what he's, going to yes. ask, that he's been asked to do. He's going to be asked to stand there, catch the ball, and shoot it. And in the fourth quarter of that game, he drilled two three-pointers, being standing alone. So, um, you know, it, it, it's not so much disrespect to Chris, I mean, it's just um, it's just strategy. You look yeah. at his numbers, you look at the options on the other side, and you make a decision. Now, that's not going to be a whole game because the way Monty is playing right now is he's he is putting uh, Kevin Durant in with four bench players in in the, both the first and second half, and he's putting Booker in with bench players. Although he usually has Chris Paul attached to him a little bit more, but there has been times in these two games where Booker has been in with four bench players. That, that those times will narrow. Because he's going to play a shorter bench. Mm. Um, this idea of him playing ten or twelve guys—that's laughable. That's yeah. not going to happen in real playoff games. Well, in real playoff games, you play eight players. Yep. I'm not talking about game one. I'm talking about game four, five, six, seven. Eight Guys are going to play. That's exactly. Uh, I, I'm not saying the ninth man doesn't put his foot on the floor, but eight guys are going to play, and really seven are going to play. Mm. So they got to figure out who that is between Craig. Okoji and Ish. I mean, it's a big ask to ask Ish to do it, but he obviously has shown he can, he's got some options. So that's where the the stress is going to come. The stress is going to come in games where Chris Paul is not making his shots, and Koji and Craig are not making their shots.
2: All right, last question for you. What, what did you think of Devin Booker and Luca going nose-to-nose at the end of the game? <laughs> Some people were offended by Devin Booker, like, hey, the way he kicked you out of last year's playoffs, you shouldn't be saying a word to him. Other people thought, hey, that's how, that's how frisky Book feels with having KD as his running mate now. Your thoughts on that and how the calculus in the West has changed? Well, I loved it. Also,
1: they were both kind of smiling yeah. doing it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they kind of knew that it was a, b- a little bit ridiculous. Um, I mean, what happened there is you know Luca, who got you know like 20 free throws in the game, was complaining about getting a, not getting a free throw on him missing a four footer. A Koji flopped, and he had no business flopping there. Okay, but he absolutely flopped. And Devin was saying that there, that, uh, that Luca was pushing off all game, and then Luca chirped at Devin, and it was good. I liked it. I liked that Devin didn't back down. I I love it. I I love for these two teams to play in the postseason. I don't know if Dallas is going to be good enough to get there. Um, I mean, they're going to make the postseason, but you know, right. to get to the Suns, they're going to have to you know, move up out of the play-in, which right now they're in the play-in, yeah. or they're right on the edge of that. So although I will say the Suns, with the Grizzlies in full reverse mode, the Suns are now, I think, two and a half games out of, um, out of second place. <laughs> um, so uh, now Sacramento's there too, um, but the Suns' schedule, that's it. They have no more big road trips. That they're, 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 the hard part of their road schedule is over. I don't think they've got any I don't think they barely leave the, the mountain to Pacific time zones the rest of the way. so they got a great team they're, they got soft you know at least one mark ahead of them. I'm not ruling out that they could get to second uh, second or third. yeah
0: Brian, great stuff as always. thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.